Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Cryptid Corner with your host, Justin Crunkleton, on behalf of the Tacoa Falls College Eagle Radio team. I welcome you back to another episode of Creature Cryptid Folklore, and today we will be tackling a menace of southern New Jersey. Uh, It's one that's been terrorizing the inhabitants for over 250 years from the lonely, desolate marshes. The Jersey Devil. In a remote region extending 1,700 square miles across southeastern New Jersey, uh, stands a giant aquifer with dense strands of white cedar. This wooded area <clears throat> boasts names such as Hog Wallow, Double Trouble, Suey Place, and Marianne Furnace dating back to their colonial origins. The Pine Barrens, however, is what births the Jersey Devil, a terrifying creature of New Jersey folklore. As always at Cryptid Corner, we start with its origins. As always at Cryptid Corner, we start with the description of the beast. The Jersey Devil is described as having kangaroo-like body, cloven feet, a devil's tail, large leathery bat wings, a giraffe's neck, and a goat's head. Quite possibly one of the oddest and most silly-sounding creatures on Cryptid Corner so far. The Jersey Devil is for sure an an amalgamation of cryptid horror. The a description of the Jersey Devil does not tend to differentiate with different versions of the story. And the story is just, the story of its origin is just right what we're about to get into. The origin story of the Jersey Devil boasts one of the many most variations of any cryptid story. Uh, however, the most famous variation tells of a place called Leeds Point. On a stormy night in 1735, a Quaker woman gave birth to a child during a thunderstorm. The room flickered with candlelight, the winds howled, some believed her to be a sorceress or a witch. The impoverished woman, known as Mother Leeds, was believed to have many other children, as many as twelve. Some say the child was born deformed. Some say she cursed the child because of her dire straits and many children. Other accounts say the child was born normal and took on odd characteristics later. Characteristics such as the elongated body, winged shoulders, and the cloven feet. But after, upon her rearing child birth for her thirteenth child, she cursed it in the name of the devil and said, Let this be the devil. Uh, Surely cursing out of the strain that a thirteenth child has put on her body. And, as with many times, with the appearance of the unlucky number thirteen, gave birth to this creature. It was said to have bashed all everyone in the room with its tail and flown out of the chimney to the greater swamp around the area. Another variation of this story tells of a young Leeds Point girl who had fallen in love with a British soldier. The British had come to the region because the iron furnaces of Batstow were supplying the privateers. In 1778, the British engaged the Americans at the Battle of Chestnut Neck. 
The townsfolk opposed the match, calling her liaison an act of treason. They cursed the girl, according to legend, when she later gave birth to a child. That would be the Jersey Devil in that iteration. Another variation tells the tale of a young woman who encounters a passing gypsy begging for food. She was frightened and refused. The gypsy cursed her for her, her refusal. Years later, in 1850, with the curse forgotten, when the girl gave birth to her first child, a male, he too became the Jersey Devil. And in one last final version, in October of 1830, a resident of Vienna, New Jersey, a Mr. John Vliet, was entering his children, entertaining his children with a mask he had made, a mask of a monstrous face. It became a yearly tradition and was adopted by the local townsmen. Its popularity grew and was repeated later in October as parents and children alike puts on scary faces and costumes. This would have brought about the myth of the Jersey Devil. <clears throat> the Jersey Devil has exploits abound. He takes on a variety of different forms because of the devil. Crops have failed, cows stopped giving milk, and droughts ensued. He would blow the tops off trees and boiled streams as he passed. He was blamed for the loss of all livestock. Some believed his appearance marked the appearance of the devil himself, and he would appear every seven years. Now, the interesting thing about the Jersey Devil is that, whereas sightings, reports of his sightings were not made by some nobodies or people looking for attention, the problem is, is that many prominent citizens or government officials were among many who had witnessed sightings of the creature. They included businessmen, postal officials, and policemen who had seen or heard the creature and saw his tracks left in the snow. This, marks, this marked the beginning of the change from local folklore to the devil's presence in regional culture. Joseph Bonaparte, for instance, the brother of Napoleon Bonaparte and former king of Spain, was reported to have seen the devil himself. The incident took place in Bordentown, New Jersey, while he was game hunting in his nearby woods. The infamous Captain Kidd is reputed to have buried treasure in Bernagat Bay. Legend has it he beheaded one of his men to guard forever his buried treasure. Accounts claim the headless pirate and the Jersey Devil became friends and were seen in the evenings walking along the Atlantic in nearby marshlands. In Clayton, New Jersey, the Devil was chased by a posse to the edge of a wooded area. The devil fled into the wood. The posse, afraid to pursue him, halted and declared, If you're the devil, rattle your chains. This is why, if you ever talk to someone in southern New Jersey, and they would be glad to tell you that chains rattling is a bad luck or bad omen sign. Now, the, even though the New Jersey devil, his full title, is the New Jersey devil, his sightings have covered great geographic distances, from Bridgeton to Haddonfield in 1859, to the New York border in 1899, and from Gloucester City to Trenton in 1909. Until this time, tales of the devil were passed by word of mouth. However, published police and newspaper accounts during a famous week in January of 1909 took the story of the devil from folk belief to authentic folk legend. Thirty different sightings in a one-week period told of the devil sailing across the Delaware River to Maryland, Pennsylvania, and Delaware. 
Newspaper articles created a panic near the region. Now what are we to believe? Is the Jersey Devil just a product of witchcraft bogeyman stories created by the early settlers and pilgrims? <clears throat> or is he a vicious, diabolic, demonic spawn? Well, <clears throat> the people of the Pine Barrens certainly at the very least like to think he's alive and real, as they blame so many very things on him, such as livestock killings, and he's the reason for some of their festivals, and he's a nearly core center part of their culture. <clears throat> In the early 1900s, a superintendent at the Philadelphia Zoo thought it was real enough, uh, because they had offered $10,000 for the devil's capture we brought in alive. Sadly, no one ever cashed in such a bounty on the devil. Of course, not all residents of New Jersey see the Jersey Devil as something to fear. There are some reported sightings even speak of the Jersey Devil as a guardian figure uh, over New Jersey or over the Pine Barrens. Uh, some people who have reported seeing the Jersey Devil describe the beast just like anyone else would, except Instead of blood-curdling screams or uh, a shy type of devil who would rather run away than be seen by people, they describe an interaction as a stare-down. Not one of <clears throat> uncomfortableness or fear, but of calm and peace. As if they're establishing a connection with the Jersey Devil. As if he is there to watch over the citizens of southern New Jersey. But how could a folklore monster referred to as a devil be anything less than horrid or ill intent? Well, that's just it. Is this creature made up? The zeitgeist, the culmination of zeitgeist of a southern New Jersey <clears throat> ancestors who feared everything but their own shadow? Something that culminated and grew and snowballed bigger and larger as time went on and the story was passed down. What else are you going to talk about when shoveling snow or spreading wheat and hay? Or when you're walking or driving to work? Or when you're hanging out with your friends? Something you all have in common. Like many stories, many folklore beasts get their origins from simply having nothing to do or nothing to talk about. All of a sudden, after 10 or 15 years or a few generations, all of a sudden everyone has something in common due to the area. Is the Jersey Devil a piece of that, product of that? Or is it actually the spawn of Satan? Who knows? I know that the Jersey Devil is on my list for whenever I travel up north, up the east coast. But until then, I suppose I'll just have to continue doing my research. But feel free to do your own. There are plenty of stories during I found during my research. I uh, just simply couldn't fit them all in in this episode. And like many of my listeners, I'm sure you are inquisitive and uh, research and knowledge bound yourself. Have fun. Do the research. Explore a bit. Keep an open mind. 
You never know what might come around the corner and surprise you when you're least expecting it. Well, thank you for joining me on another very fun and intuitive podcast episode uh, with your host, Justin Crunkleton. And on behalf of Tacoma Falls College Eagle Radio team, I thank you. Be sure to join us next time for another cryptid creature of folklore.